Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. As the wife of a college basketball coach, Alicia Henderson has spent more hours than she can count in a basketball arena. Usually a place dedicated to adversity and competition, Alicia thought maybe she could add a little kindness to the game. Alicia, you've been a basketball coach's wife for about 14 years. How did you and Eric get connected? We met each other in college. Um, We joke that we were the only two people left in Wayne, Nebraska that summer, and that's how we met. (laughs) (laughs) Is being a coach's wife what you had determined would be a good path for you? Are you looking for a a coach? You know, that's funny you asked that. I I wouldn't say that's the path I, you know, envisioned for my future. Um, And we we got into the coaching initially, and Eric took a short stretch where he actually got out of it and went to high school coaching. And at one point, you know, we were sitting together talking, and I said to him, this this is what you need to be doing, and, and I know this is what you need to be doing, and I think it's a decision we both need to make together to get back into college coaching. And he did that. And honestly, that was just three years ago. And it's been one of the best decisions we've ever made. Um, He is most happy in his life when he is coaching. And it makes me happy to see him happy. And I don't have the same career goals that he has in that sense. So Mm -hmm. it's fun for me to, to watch him grow and support him in it. So it's yeah, it's been fun. I have to say that I always tell Saul, who is also a, a Division One basketball coach, I have to say, you know, I'm just so grateful you're not a high school coach because I feel like <laughs> I, I really love kindness and I feel like uh, um, high school gyms are maybe not the place where we find the most kindness. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're, you're exactly right on that one. You know, and I'm not sure I necessarily understood that until I became a parent myself. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it's out of love that some of that emotion is a little bit higher in a high school gym. And and I can understand and relate a little bit better once I became a mother of, of that environment in a high school gym. <laughs> yep. Yep. Me too. Me too. It comes from a place of love. Yes. So in, in 14 years, you have lived in five states. How has kindness come into play during those moves? Are there, are there any memories in particular that stand out? Because that's a lot to ask of a of a of a wife. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, our our first stop was Wayne, Nebraska. Um, it's where we both went to college, and we stayed there for a stretch. Um, actually, like four to five years after we both graduated, and I can honestly say that for me is probably my biggest stretch of where I met a lot of people that taught me a lot about kindness. Um, seriously, some of the most genuine kind people I've ever met. Um, and they, they've they always stayed kind of a part of our circle. And a couple of years ago, um, this June, I will have lost my dad to cancer. And those people came full circle for me during that time. Um, my parents were going to be celebrating um, a wedding anniversary just before my dad passed. And I sent a message, you know, out through Facebook. Um, you know, social media can be so great in that sense telling all these people that they had this big anniversary coming and if they would, you know, send my parents a card and um, just wish them well during kind of a tough time. And we were home with my dad in Nebraska during this time. 
And my mom came up to the hospital and I had brought her her mail. And she's like, why are you bringing my mail? And I was like, mom, this is your mail. But every single return address on anniversary cards for my parents said Wayne, Nebraska. So <laughs> those people still forever will hold a special place in my heart because they, they taught us a lot about kindness and really helped Eric and I grow as a couple from you know, we're both athletes to working to, you know, getting married and all those stages of life. All those people have been there for us. So mm. well, people don't often equate competitive sports with kindness. So other than than moves and, and, the, and the love from the community, where have you seen kindness come into play in the gym? Oh, gosh. Well, probably the biggest thing is when you you have made a lot of moves. You, you know, meet a lot of people in the in that path that you may compete against at a different. Um, for example, we came from North Dakota State to South Dakota State. That's a tough move. Mm -hmm. um, and and fortunately, we have had a lot of people that have reached out. You know, during that time when it was difficult and just to kind of spread the love that they're they're still cheering us on even. <laughs> Even when the bison and the jackrabbits are playing each other. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest times for me is, you know, we're all competing against each other. But when your paths move apart, you're you're all cheering for each other at the mm -hmm. same time. This past March, you and the other wives from South Dakota State did something really cool. You put together what I thought was a really cool project. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I can. It was so fun. Um, it actually started very simple. Um I started a tradition actually just a couple of years ago um, to do kind of a pay it forward. On my birthday, I, I choose to pick up a couple of friends and go drive through a couple of places, a Starbucks, um, a McDonald's drive through and pay for the car behind you as a pay it forward. Just a kind of fun little tradition. Um, I picked up two of the coaches wives on the staff this year and did that. And from that kind of stemmed into let's do something fun for March Madness. Let's it's, it's a stressful time. Um, you know, some some teams are playing well, some teams aren't. And it's just it's an exciting time, but it's a stressful time for coaches and, and families. So we decided we would um, start something and we, we named it March Kindness. And basically all it was was a simple reaching out to anybody else we knew in the profession and asking them to join in the fun of paying it forward, whether it was buying the car behind you a coffee, um, taking muffins over to your neighbors. Um, we at one game left uh, money for the concession stands at seats in our arena. Just fun things like that. And it was for everybody to take their, put their own take on it and um, do whatever they choose with it. Did you, did you get some good stories out of that? Did you hear some good feedback? Yeah. You know, it didn't, um, you know, go as big as we would have initially liked, but I think that's normal in starting something like that. Mm -hmm. And we kind of look forward to the challenge of, of making it better and bigger next year. We want it to be something that goes on forever. So we, um, we did have a few, you know, posts out there of people, um, that we didn't know in Brookings here that would post and say that, oh, so-and-so bought my coffee at Starbucks, um, just drove through scooters and the car in front of me paid, paid for me, you know, just fun stuff like that is most of the stories that we heard. Um, and the goal behind it wasn't necessarily for everybody to share it, but just to do it. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Doesn't matter what kind of recogni- recognition comes out of it. It's just something fun. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. I kind of feel like as a coach's wife that March does make me a little antsy. It make, gives me some anxiety because A, you are really doing this push for the tournament and it's like, oh, you know, your children are going to cry <laughs> and your husband might cry and you might cry because eventually, <laughs> you know, everybody but one team is going to lose. So that happens. But then there's always the... This, you know, right around March and April is when all of these job opportunities come up and you either want a job or you don't want a job and you you don't want someone to leave or, you know, so there's a whole lot of anxiety around that. And for me, I find that the best way to combat anxiety is to do kindness because it gets my mind off of myself. Do you find that? Absolutely. You know, that can weigh on you pretty heavy. Um, I joke that every March, April, I just prepare my house, you know, for a move because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. but in all, rea- <laughs> in all reality, I, I do agree. And I've been blessed to be around some of the best in the business. Um, you know, uh, my husband, Eric, worked for Greg McDermott, and I've been very close with Tree. And so she's been really helpful for me in that sense of she is one of the kindest people I've ever met. Um, she's one that's, you know, not going to ask for recognition, but she's going to send you a text. Um, we always joke about, you know, when you lose a game, it's tough. And we'll send a little text in the morning. Did the sun come up today? Because it always does. <laughs> it, it always comes up. You know, even even when we lose the biggest game that we, we thought was ours, you know, the sun always comes up the next day. And those little random acts of kindness on those those tough days Gosh, they make a difference. They really do. Mm-hmm. They do. Well, kindness that you both give and receive, I think, is probably taken on a whole new meaning as you struggled with a health crisis with your five-year-old son. I understand he was diagnosed with epilepsy in 2015. Yes. What did your world look like leading up to that diagnosis? You know, during that time, it was probably two of the toughest years of my life. We were living in Fargo, North Dakota, pretty far from family. Oh, I lived in Fargo. Um, it's not one of the toughest years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, Fargo itself is a great place. I, I hold a lot of good memories in Fargo, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, my dad got sick during that time. Mm-hmm. We were there. Um, I lost my dad while we were there. Mm-hmm. And then turned around shortly after that, and our son, Court, um, started having some seizures and it moved along pretty quickly. He started with um, one, they call him tonic clonic or grand mal seizure um, and progressed to hundreds of seizures in a day. And so it was a pretty scary time in our life um, during the heart of basketball season. Um, so as you know, my husband was gone a lot mm-hmm. and, and I felt like I was kind of a single parent dealing with one of the toughest times in my life. And I was blessed. I had a lot of people that would step in and um, Cooper didn't want to miss basketball games. He loves watching his dad coach and he's my seven-year-old. And and, um, at the time, the head coach's wife would pick Cooper up and take him to games when it wasn't um, able for Court to go to those games. And um, I had friends when Court was sick and I wasn't able to leave the house, she would bring me lunch or bring a Gatorade for Court, just simple things like that are what helped me get through that really, really difficult time. Um, one of my favorite memories from that time is my husband's family does a Thanksgiving tradition every year where you bring $10 to Thanksgiving. And everybody puts it into a pot, and they get to um, 
ask anybody that would like to, you basically stand up and talk about a cause that you would like it to be donated to. It can be a personal friend that is um, battling cancer. It can be, um, you know, a foundation. It can be anything. And the family then makes a vote about which cause they would like that to be donated to. And um, they... That year that Court was diagnosed, um, in March, Court did a four-day hospital stay. And after that, we received a letter in the mail from Eric's family saying that they did a special donation that year. Um, and everybody put money in donating it, asking us to use it for whatever we needed during, for Court's medical expenses or gas or whatever during that time. So that, for me, is pretty amazing and, and reminds me, like, we need to keep doing these things for a reason. They, they do help people when they're in a bad place. Well, and, and it feels like I think sometimes that no one person can do anything to fix a crisis situation for someone else. You know, if there was a way to just zip in and fix it all, then we would have, you know, we would all wear superhero capes. But we all have to kind of work together to, to put a little drop in the bucket and eventually the bucket is full paying back that kindness. Not that kindness ever needs to be paid back, but do you feel like this passion about epilepsy awareness um, is fueled and, and, and kind of um, builds up because of kindness or with I kindness? Mm -hmm. Yep, I do. I feel like, you know, I've kind of struggled in that path. We've moved a lot and, and I loved my career as a hygienist and I just kind of feel like I needed something a little more that I could be a little more passionate about. And not that this was placed in my life, you know, because of that or anything with court struggles, but I feel like this is something that I can be passionate about. Um, I have big goals for it, big dreams for what I want to do. Um, I haven't been able to do a lot, just I have three young kids, and we are just coming up on a year seizure-free for court. So I'm hoping to get a little more involved as time goes on here. But I have goals to... Um, I would like to do a, a little run, like a kid's fun run and a 5K run and call it the Mad Dash because Cord is on a diet called the Modified Atkins Diet. And oh. I would love to use, see those funds used to, you know, help support someone with epilepsy, um, found, you know, a foundation for more research um, because epilepsy doesn't have one single treatment. I've met a lot of people on this path and, and nobody has the same treatment that has helped their child. And there's a lot that are still suffering. So, you know, little things like that, maybe baby steps to get to big goals. Absolutely. That's a great idea. Uh, do you find that that thinking about those things and, you know, kind of planning them, even if they're just in, in your mind in the planning stages um, or doing research about it, do you feel like that helps you heal because I would think that you've got to be going through some post-traumatic stress of watching your kid have a hundred seizures a day. Yeah. You know, I, I still have a lot of anxiety about it. I still worry every day. Is he going to have another one? Is, is the diet going to stop working or the meds going to stop helping? And things like that do help to take my mind off of it. Um, I'm a part of a couple of groups just through Facebook um, that are, kids fighting epilepsy and just being able to tell them our story and give them hope probably helps me more than anything that you can do this. Um, moms feel a lot of guilt when they're going through that. Mm -hmm. They feel like, did I, did I do something when I was pregnant? Did I, 
give my child something that caused this. Um, if they have a bad fall from the epilepsy, there's a lot of guilt. And I just want to remind them out there every day, you're doing what you the best you can do. That's all we can do at this stage, especially with epilepsy. It's an unknown. It's unpredictable. And you, you just got to wake up every day knowing that you're going to fight it. And I want to give people that hope that they can and things can get better. And when you're preaching it to others, you're preaching it to yourself because you hear yourself say it, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Are there any suggestions that you can give for how people can love on a family going through a tough time, whether that's a move, whether that's, you know, a job loss or a job gain or, you know, maybe a child, a child with a health issue or, you know, like you've been through the death of your father. Are there any tips that you can give us to apply? Yes, um, I would say, don't, don't tell someone, call me if you need something, just do it for them. Um, we, we as a society, I don't think do a very good job of asking for help. We, um, we internalize a lot of things. We put a lot of things on our own shoulders. And so if you're someone out there, your, your goal should be look for someone that you know needs it and don't just offer it, just do it. Cause, cause that's really what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. It's like Nike's logo, right? Just do it. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> it all comes back to sports. See, it all <laughs> yes, it comes does. around. Thank you, Alicia, so much for talking with me today. Good luck with the upcoming season and go Jackrabbits. Hey, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. That was kindness advocate and college basketball coach's wife, Alicia Henderson, who reminds us we can all add a little kindness to the game of life. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or NPR One.